And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodger Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition here of the Mass Steel Podcast. We're, of course, yours truly, Charles Bradge Ritchie, and we are getting ready to get this thing started right now as the Pittsburgh Steelers right now are getting ready to uh, go into their draft. It is the 86th annual edition here of the NFL uh, draft uh, coming up this year as uh, we are looking forward to getting excited to a lot of coverage coming up right here or the 87 excuse me right now uh, some interesting stuff right now the, the beginning of a new era more than likely uh, will unfold this weekend hopefully starting off tonight as we will look at it and uh, let's see what happens right now let's see if the Steelers will have We'll, we'll pull the trigger, select their franchise quarterback this evening. We shall find out. But for the meantime, I'd like to hear and get your thoughts on this uh, right now as we are uh, looking live right now as we uh, look at everything going on. And uh, basically for everything, this will be Kevin Colbert's last draft indeed as we uh, take a look at everything. Uh, and I, I got to be honest with you, it's definitely a lot right now. Uh, to see uh, what happens here uh, going forward, though, since Ben Rosberger is no longer a part of the picture as he has been going in since his elbow injury back in 2019. Now it just seems like it's starting to sink in a little bit more clearly as of late. We're starting to see a little bit more of the Pittsburgh Steelers for the most part as we uh, look at it. Get a little bit more, I don't know if you want to say desperate, or it's more starting to sink in that they didn't get this right. Uh, and I don't know if a lot of people are on the fence right now that they should wait a year for a franchise quarterback. Of course, as we take a look at everything in this year's uh, draft class, not too many people uh, is knocking anyone's uh, socks off going on right now, as you can imagine. And for this year, I mean, not a lot of teams are expected to take quarterbacks in the first round. But I will say this right now. I mean, we've definitely been hearing a lot of names as of late, especially since during the 2021 season. We heard Kenny Pickett, a name who has been heating up, but more so Malik Willis on Liberty right now. And you talk about like what Mike Tomlin and his staff wants to do. They want to focus a lot on mobility going this year. Once again, the NFL Draft will be live uh, this year in Las Vegas here as we are going at the Link Promenade uh, coming up. Biggest question is, will the Steelers be able to roll the dice right now? And just to give you some facts real quick, even before Kevin Colbert got into the picture, when we're talking back as far as when Chuck Cole got involved with the team, let's think about this for a second here. The Pittsburgh Steelers, as a matter of fact, for right now, if you look at things in perspective, they've only drafted 
a top 10 quarterback in the first round only three times. Three times. Well, I guess who those names are? Check this out. We got, uh, as a matter of fact, it was 1970, uh, Terry Bradshaw, who was the number one overall pick. Then in uh, 1980, the Pittsburgh Steelers won, the, uh, won their fourth and final Super Bowl uh, championship under the Steel Curtain dynasty. They got Mark Malone, 28th overall out of Arizona State. Of course, Terry Bradshaw was out of Louisiana, Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. I remember Steelers, they won that one on the coin flip with the Chicago uh, Bears uh, to get the rights to get uh, Terry Bradshaw first overall. And then, of course, last but not least, uh, 2004, and where the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 11 drafted Big Ben Rosper out of the University of Miami of Ohio. So there you have it right now. Uh, some interesting stuff going on right now. Uh, a lot of excitement in the air right now. I got to be honest with you. I'm going to go ahead and say more than likely, I'm going to say there's a 70% chance they're going to get a quarterback. Uh, the biggest question is going into this right now is that will the Steelers, uh, for the most part, in this year's draft, the biggest story can be, let's just say if Kenny Pickett is still available at number 20, they decide not to grab him. And let's just say they go with Malik Willis, because I got bet Malik Willis picked as my first choice. But I got to tell you what, if Kenny Pickett is there, and we've always been hearing the story with him, with the small hands and stuff, I do feel right now that you got to take Kenny Pickett. Uh, Epple Shet is definitely a firm believer right now that you go ahead and get your guy uh, right now, and then you go uh, – Take care of we uh, folks on your other areas uh, later on. I mean, ju- I mean, just think about that. I mean, he 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 says they believe they can uh, get the guy that could be their starter for years and help them win Super Bowls. Take care of it while you got the while you got the momentum. Because uh, even still, too, I mean, one big uh, legendary story we always keep being reminded of too was when Dan Rudy was around, and of course his uh, father. Our, Rooney, one of his sons, was uh, taking over in the NFL draft. And the 1983 NFL uh, draft that year, Steelers had Dan Marino uh, waiting for them at their disposal. Instead of the 21st uh, pick overall, they went and got nose tackle uh, Gabe Rivera, uh, Texas uh, Tech. Dan Marino will get drafted at the 27th overall pick in the first round. Y'all know how his uh, career wound up. Legendary Hall of Fame career. Of course, no Super Bowl wins, but he did make it to the Super Bowl. That was one that continued to haunt him uh, for years. And he didn't like the idea of making the mistake once again that, you know, they they wanted to let another quarterback such as Ben Rosberger get away from them. And uh, he encouraged both Dan Rooney and then head coach Bill Cowher at the time. And you look at Rivera's career, who uh, got drafted in 1983. Everyone knows the story on that, but a quick rundown for people who are not familiar with him. Career got cut short when he was paralyzed from a car accident back in October while driving drunk, crossed into another lane and collided with another vehicle. He would go on to be treated for head, neck, and abdominal injuries. And 
Dan Rooney at the time, he said, our people seem to have focused on Sean Andrews, a big offensive tackle from Arkansas, as our likely number one pick. This was going into the decision-making with their first-round pick in the 2004 NFL draft, as he wrote in his 2007 biography. But when it came, when our turn came, I couldn't bear the thought of passing on our quarterback prospect the way we passed on Dan Rio in 1983. So I steered the conversation around the Roethlisberger. And like I said, only three times the Steelers have selected a quarterback in the top 10, especially in the first round. That says a lot right there, to be honest with you. And you really got to think right now, Steelers, you do not want to screw this thing up right now. You got to believe, uh, for, for the most part, that they are games on this year's draft. And I think you can slice either way. I mean, when you got a guy like Mitch Trubisky right now, and you look at the style of how Mike Tylen coaches, they'll probably be in a position where they can have a losing record. And if you have a losing record, you'd probably be better draft positioning in the first round. So either way, it's a win-win. I mean, I think you're going to still stay competitive with Trubisky, I truly believe, even if they don't get a quarterback in this year's draft, I think at the end of the day, it shows you for this year, they're willing to not only stay patient, of course, but to build around Najee Harris. Still need to give better uh, protection uh, for the quarterback. You want to avoid giving up as many sacks they did last uh, few years, I mean, coming up. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, I mean, their offensive line has definitely been – something that needs a makeover, uh, no doubt about it. I mean, when you look at what they did, I mean, last year, I mean, more particularly, their offensive line has given up 38 sacks. And as opposed to, like, the previous year, let's take a look at, like, uh, say, 2020, for example. I mean, the previous year, that sack ballooned from 14. Yeah, they had 14 sacks the previous year, and then, of course, 38 sacks. So 24 more sacks that ballooned up. I mean, and that's where you got to be concerned. I mean, it's not only that. It's a play calling, too. They also allowed 32 sacks back in 2019. Of course, that was with backups. Uh, Mace Rudolph and Doug Hodges played most of the year when Ben didn't even make it for two games, of course, in that season. But then you also look at 2018, 24 sacks they had. And so, I mean, really, I mean, you would have fought during the heat of the season right now as the Steelers were on the verge of something. That Rosberg's career ticking down. That you you would think at that moment, the biggest draft need is get a legitimate, not only a a, a guard, but a decent offensive tackle to help open up the running game. And here we are right now. I do believe what is happening with the Steelers' philosophy, and I'll continue to maintain this, it is the reality that has sunk in that Ben Rosberger is officially gone. It's the Ben, it's ben Rosberger syndrome right now. Uh, and, well, I mean, and who can blame him? I mean, do, do you want to like, uh, see him trade down, build up more draft capital, I mean, you look at, like, one of the legendary stories of, like, uh, what Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones did with the Dallas Cowboys uh, basically back in 1989. I mean, when you look at everything, I mean, when you look at it, 
I mean, you know, the deal was made on October of that year uh, where the Cowboys sent uh, Herschel Walker from the Cowboys to the Vikings, and uh, which also involved the Chargers. It involved 18 players and draft picks. And basically, the, the Cowboys, as a matter of fact, they compiled a, a lot of high uh, draft picks and compensation uh, for that. And uh, basically, I mean, for that year, I mean, they got a boatload of draft picks. They got eight draft picks in return, which would include three first-round picks, three second-round picks, and a third-round pick. And then, of course, they had a uh, six-round pick. Dude. I mean, uh, when you look at it, too, like one of the first picks that had significant impact, who they eventually get for Herschel Walker's replacement is where they traded up four spots back in the 1990s draft from 21 to 17. They got Emmett Smith. Their second-round pick that was used in 1990 was part of the deal to get the San Francisco 49ers third-round pick in 1990. And, I mean, then also look at, like, some of the other significant moves they did with this. I mean, right here, too. I mean, it was definitely a, a game-changer for that uh, franchise. And uh, and guess who the Cowboys moved the switch spots with back in the 1990 draft to get Emmett Smith? Want to take a guess? You got it. I mean, just think about that. How crazy is that? Imagine Evan Smith in the black and gold at that point in time. And I'm looking this up on Wikipedia as we speak to you right now. But still, I mean, just think about that, too. I mean, you're going from, like, a running back transitional period where it would have been at least, like, trying to end a eight-year drought by a significant running back from Franco Harris to Emmett Smith. But I mean, at the same time, too, when you look at, I mean, still, they still had uh, good running backs. I mean, later on, they still had uh, Barry Foster, Ben Morris. Barry Foster was probably good for not even like two seasons. He only had that one great year in 1992. And when, when you look at it, I mean, Barry Foster, I mean, I mean, he wasn't really all that great except that first year, uh, Powers, uh, first year as head coach. But he's still, you look at that year right there, and that sparked a six-year uh, playoff run. But Barry Foster, I mean, he made, I mean, in that season, this was his third season, he made his first Pro Bowl and his first All-Pro in one year at 2,034 yards of scrimmage and his one and only 1,000-plus yards of rushing on the ground, 1,690 yards to be exact, 11 touchdowns on the ground along with 344 yards receiving. Then after that, uh, he wasn't really – injuries kind of caught up with him. He only started uh, nine out of his nine games the following year in 1993. And then arguably, you know, which uh, Bill Cowper's uh, daughter gives beef on him, I think it was Megan, who was saying that, why don't you give the ball to Barry Foster in the AFC Championship game to the San Diego Chargers where you got you a few more yards. I mean, just think about that. So, I mean, the Steelers, I mean, that year, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, for, for the most part, I mean, still things worked out. They still got Jerome Best a few years later, 
Black kid didn't get his uh, first Super Bowl until his uh, tenth season. But just just think about that for a second. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, for the most part, had a chance to grab Evan Smith. But part of that draft capital, the Dallas Cowboys got return for Herschel Walker. I mean, just I understand that. So back in 1990, of course, when they swapped spots with them, they ended up instead getting uh, Eric Green, a uh, tight end with the 21st uh, pick. So they swapped it. They didn't get Barry Foster to the fifth round, 128th overall pick. But one of the things that Jimmy Johnson always says about that trade, too, I mean, it wasn't so much like how much like draft compensation they got. I mean, of course, that was – that came with the first but one of his philosophies he always said was that this we got many more opportunities to get to get keep getting the right person. And I think that's what I mean the Steelers have to consider at this point. And of course, I mean all hands are on deck. We still don't know who the GM is gonna be at this point. I mean, you gotta believe right now the Steelers uh at the most part are trying to do everything at all costs to set themselves up for a nice winning culture coming up here. So, again, I want to get your thoughts. Again, you guys can follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter, at CGR and on Instagram, at Nation. We're talking NFL draft coverage right now here on the Metasteel uh, podcast. Let's keep uh, getting into it right now, uh, for the most part. Uh, Kevin Colbert right now, end of an era for the uh, team's winningest uh, GM and Steelers uh, history right here. I mean, when you look at everything that he has achieved right here, I mean, uh, basically, I mean, you look at the wins leaders right now. I mean, all time, Kevin Colbert has the most wins. He has 241 career wins uh, with two Super Bowl, two out of three Super Bowl championships, two one in the Super Bowl, 15 and 12 playoff record. Behind him, I mean, Dick Haley didn't become an executive until later, but he was director of player personnel for so long. He was part of that franchise for 20 years, from beginning in 1971. I mean, if you count all those years he was with the team being in that position, not necessarily as a GM, he had 196 career victories. Biggest difference, he had the four Super Bowls and zero losses right there as opposed to Kevin Colbert. And he had more playoff wins, 16 and 8. Of course, with the level of talent and character they had right there, that franchise big game changer. Of course, Tom Donahoe, who was actually there for nine seasons right there. Uh, he had 89 career victories. So Kevin Colbert right now, I mean, let's think about this for a second right now. I mean, he has done a phenomenal job. I mean, keeping this team in position to really uh, compete. I mean, you ask me. But I want to I wonder right now, I mean, as a Steelers fan, what would you say would probably be his best, like, uh, draft class he had, where he had a lot of picks that proved dividends for the franchise. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, there's quite a few. I mean, there's a few you could pick out. I mean, there's a lot of them Pixie swung and miss on. But still, I mean, did pretty good, I mean, for them. I would definitely like to say maybe you could argue 2007 was one of his best drafts right there. I mean, he didn't have a lot of pro bowlers. You only have one pro bowler in that class, but some really still pieces right there. When you look at, I mean, Lawrence Timmons right there was primarily an inside uh, linebacker. He didn't get uh, become a starter until like around his third season, but still, 
mean, Lawrence Timmons was pretty good right there. He won a Super Bowl ring with his team. He also had Lamar uh, Woolley right there. I mean, of course, he fizzled out soon, but he was significant uh, helping them win that second Super Bowl right there as he had his second uh, high uh, sacks in the season in his career with 11 and a half. He blew up the second half all year when he missed the playoffs as the fighting Super Bowl champions right there. But, of course, you also had William Gay on there. I think William Gay, I mean, right there, did a phenomenal job uh, creating some interceptions. Real good corner right there. Not necessarily a shutdown guy, but he could definitely uh, make some picks. Right there. Seven was probably one of his uh, best ones that stick out of recent memory, too. Also, I mean, you could also argue, too, I mean, uh, another good one, too, would probably be 2014 right there. I mean, it was a real good draft right there. I mean, you have Ryan Chazier, uh, uh, I mean, got, I mean, watching over him. I mean, the square had the two short. I mean, only lasted, I mean, what, like four seasons right there. But still, he was uh, phenomenal. I mean, playing that inside linebacker position, quarterbacking that spot for that team. Yeah, it's Stephon Twitt right there. Uh, he say prayers for this guy. Hopefully, he's in the better spot. Uh, Mike Thomas said, uh, so far, is like, uh, so far, everything sounds good, but there's no new updates on him just yet. I mean, then he also had Martavis Bryant right there. Now, of course, he did have the weed violation right there back in 2016. He had to miss the season. But he was still, I think, pretty significant, too, to help uh, contribute as a third wheel outside of that Killer B uh, talent with Ben Bell and Antonio Brown. And then you look at some other uh, drafts he had in there, too. I would definitely argue, too, you could probably say 2017 was a real good one. T.J. Watt right now, I mean, when you look at his career, I mean, up to this point, I mean, four-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, Defensive Player of the Year, I mean, tying the single uh, high uh, sack record, everything going on that he's did. And, I mean, you look at all the other pieces in there, too. You had Juju Smith-Schuster on there. Uh, who's now with the Chiefs, but still, I mean, that was a pretty good uh, draft there, right there. Yeah, Cam Sutton, James, uh, he showed some flashes of greatness of what he could potentially be, but eventually uh, fizzled out, of course. But I would definitely say 2017 right there was probably a real good one. I mean, that one. I mean, you have James Conner right now making two Pro Bowlers right there in his career. And then, of course, I mean, some other ones, too, you could probably know. I mean, only time will tell, see how the 2019 draft continues to shape up Devin Bush right now. Still a big question. They're going to pick up his pick-year option uh, coming up, uh, which we'll find out uh, shortly. But, yeah, I mean, if you're going to ask me, like, their top drafts, I'm going to go 2017, 2014, and 2007. Best draft classes. Uh, see you. Uh, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. Again, you can follow me. On Twitter at MassSteelCGR and on Instagram at MassSteelNation. As we're going live right now, get ready for the 87th annual edition NFL uh, draft right now. And a few nobles right now. I want to know a few uh, honorable mentions right here. Uh, 35 years ago uh, today, we have quite a few names right here. Uh, Rob Woodson, quarterback under Chuck Noll, the 10th overall pick in the first round. Out of Purdue right there. 
eventually became the first battle hall of fame right there. Uh, unfortunately, he had that knee injury, I believe it was, back in 1995, where they went to the AFC Championship game without him. But he was able to come back, play in the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, he won it with the Ravens. But still, I mean, you look at a guy like Rob Woodson and, I mean, his career. I mean, a guy who got frustrated with what the Steelers were offering him as far as, like, more money. He took lesser money to go with the 49ers for one year. But still, you look at his contributions. He's an honorary Steeler as well as, like, all-around talent, ball hawk. Uh, pick artist right there. I mean, the guy who score, I mean, offensively on defense right there. Also, too, back in 2007, 15 years ago, inside linebacker Lawrence Timmons, out of Florida State. Stellar contributional career to the black and gold, if you ask me. And, of course, 11 years ago, uh, defensive end Cam Hayward right there, out of Ohio State. And then last but not least, 2016, number 25th, Quarterback, Arlie Burns, uh, didn't work out so well, but, I mean, definitely three out of four right there for sure. Rob Woodson, Lawrence Timmons, and Cam Hayward. Uh, some noble uh, draft picks right there, I mean, coming out. But I want to hear uh, your favorite first-round pick all time uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll definitely have to go for me. I'll go with Troy Palomau. That's my favorite Steeler all time, and I'll probably go number two, Ben Rosberger. And then uh, if you're asking me, like, my third one that they got in the first round, I'll go with Marquise Pouncey. Those would be my three guys uh, right there as we look at. Let's get into it right now. The mock draft. I'm going to go ahead and give you uh, my picks, who I anticipate the Steelers are going to probably end up with, agree or disagree with this, and uh, we'll look at it right now. I got Robbie Jones on right here right now. If we draft a D-line in first round, does that say anything about to it? You may be on to something right now, only for the reason right now, there's still a lot, a lot of unknown. And it's a very situ- very sensitive uh, situation right now. And I thank you very much, Robbie, uh, for adding your comment here. Sorry to not get a chance uh, to respond sooner. But I think right now with Stefan to who they invested uh, good money in him. I mean, don't forget, five years ago, I mean, they did sign this guy to a nice uh, payday. And you look at everything right now. I mean, uh, Stefan Tua right now, who's got voidable years uh, added onto his uh, contract, about three years uh, voidable after this season to help with the cap. Uh, he is right now counting as a thirteen point nine over thirteen point nine million dollars in the cap hit for this year. So I, you know what, and you better believe too. You know what, if they do draft a a D lineman, I would have no issue with that because the truth of the matter is, too, I mean, as much as the Steelers would like to draft the quarterback, that would be such saying to get the right guy. Of course, that is the most safe position. But at the same time, too, do you want to see this defense continue to regress any further? Because that's going to be the big question. Not only do the, the takeaways go down, I mean, what we saw, like, last in a long time back in uh, this year for the first time since 2018, if you look at the amount of takeaways they did for this season, I mean, back uh, this year right now, I mean, for the Steelers, they had uh, 22 uh, total takeaways, which included 13 interceptions, nine fumble recoveries. The last time it was that low was back in 2018, as I mentioned. 2018, they didn't even get in double digits for interceptions. They only had eight uh, interceptions along I mean, with, uh, let's see, uh, for the most part, seven fumble recoveries, 15 takeaways. 
So, yes, I, you know what? If they go with that, listen, build the team. The, the quarterback draft class is not all that great. But with that being said, my first pick, I'm going I'm to go ahead and project because I really do believe a hype machine is real on this guy. I'm going to go with Malik Willis out of Libertyville. Why? For the simple fact, mobility right here. When you look at a guy like Malik Willis, I mean, you look at like him and Kenny Pickett right now. I mean, just take a look at this right now for a second here. 6.34 uh, combine game versus 6.39 for Kenny Pickett. I mean, bottom line is both right here is this. I mean, when you look at it, both eventual plus a starter, I mean, I mean, soon potential. The biggest difference is Mo, uh, Malik Willis is his, his rushing right here. And when you want to talk about mobility, I mean, with I mean, a Steelers team right here, 2,131 yards in four seasons, as opposed to 801 yards rushing for Kenny Pickett in his five seasons at University of Pitt. Mobility right here. The only thing is right now, they bring him in, more than likely he's going to be a backup to Mitch Trubisky to try and groom him in. I would have no problem with that. The biggest question, like I mentioned, if you got Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis sitting there, I think you have to go with Kenny Pickett for your first pick. I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett for the first pick, point pick overall. I will predict right now the Steelers will not trade up. I anticipate a trade up, but I think they'll stand firm only because of how not that impressive the quarterback draft class is. It's usually a, a swarm that teams will take quarterbacks right now. And like I said, they only trade up three times uh, in the draft. Uh, 2003, they straight up from the 27th to the 16th spot to get strong safety, Troy Palomalo. 2006, went from 32nd to 25th to select wide receiver, Santonio Holmes. In 2019, 20th to 10th, select inside linebacker, Devin Bush. Second pick in the in this year's draft. Uh, I know I'm taking the big risk right here. We'll see if he's available, but why not? Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. Combine grade, 6.4, eventual starter within two years. Playoff, a phenomenal defensive line right here. Now, what could argue right now? If he is available at 20, you could probably like grab this guy two right now if the quarterbacks are taken. Uh, let's see. I mean, he is a guy right now I would take a chance on. He is available in the second round. I, I know Steelers will usually like to get like players they can develop, but why not take a chance right now? I mean, you need some guys right now to uh, create some competition right here. Uh, I, mean, I mean, for this year's draft. And when you look at, like like I said, Nicole B. Dean right now, I mean, he is like the top prospect. I they're going to begin, but I mean, he's a guy who can play uh, coverage. I mean, uh, got two interceptions in his career right now. 13 and a half uh, tackles for loss right now. And the verdict on like a guy like uh, – Nicole Dean, he plays fast as a sideline to sideline run defender who could also come with splash plays, takes some very good instincts and intelligence. Third pick, I'm going to go off t- offensive tackle. Abraham Lucas on Washington State. Combine grade, grade 6.15, eventual star. Massive edge protector with excellent length and surprising quickness for such a big five block right there. I say we put their lineman with their third pick. That'd be a fourth. Fourth pick, I'm going to go with safeties back to back here. I'm going to go with. Uh, Safety, Kirby Joseph, uh, the fighting line, great at 6.10, eventual starter. Press teams with deep free safety blitz because he anticipates well as a threat to make big plays with serious ball skills. Fifth pick, uh, which will be in the sixth round, uh, number 208. We'll go with safety. Excuse me. I, I didn't get a chance to get his uh, name and pronunciation, but we'll go with 
Azitamowo of Minnesota. I have to get his name. Sorry, guys. I did not. I could not find the pronunciation on this one. But right now, he is out of Minnesota. Combine grade of 5.93. Of average back up. Six foot five, two hundred eighty-two pounds. He has the size the Steelers look for in their defense. And he played that spot in their four-three base defense. Hey, seventy pounds since high school. He needs to get the ball. But like Isaiah Laramilk a year ago, uh, this is what Dale Lally had too on his mock draft. You can take guys as high because there aren't many of them on this planet. But also, you're not drafting for this year. You're probably drafting for future years, beginning with next year. Also, their next pick uh, right now will be the seventh round pick. 212th with one of two. Go with wide receiver Josh Johnson. Combine grade 5.97. Best average backup or special teamer. For an 83 catches for 1114 yards. Six touchdowns in 2021. And last but not least, guard center Chris Owens, who is expected to be a uh, a backup. Owens played guard center for Alabama in 2020. That's what I got for this year's uh, draft. So once again, the recap. Uh, first pick at number 20th overall in the first round, Malik Willis, quarterback of Liberty. Uh, second pick, 57th overall, inside linebacker. And he can also play outside linebacker. I doubt if he's there, but why not? Kobe Dean out of Georgia uh, for their third pick, uh, which would be the A4 pick overall in this year's draft. Tackle Abraham uh, Lucas, which would be in the fourth round. That's their compensatory pick right there. And then uh, right there, We'll go with the six-round pick, 208, safety, Izzy Atamawol. I like I said, Kirby Joseph was a potential pick, 138. Now there are two seven-round picks, wide receiver at 225, Josh Johnson uh, coming in here. And then last but not least, we will go with uh, guard center, Chris Owens. And that's going to do it here on the Master Podcast. Once again, you guys can follow me here on Twitter, at Mastiel CGR and Instagram at Mastiel Nation. And let's see what happens. Dog New Era, like it or not, we'll find out. All right, guys, as always, leave it. Here we go, sirs. Here we go. I got it.